When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hey everyone, time for the second episode of the Blue White Breakdown podcast for Indiana Week. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by David Jones. Dave, Penn State, Indiana, 7.30 Saturday night, 2-2 two two Hoosiers, 4-0 Nittany Lions. Hope you're having a good day. What's on your mind? I'm having a lousy day, Bob. <laughs> Got internet problems. Is it that dial-up you're using? Is it those two muffler cones you have to put the phone in? Is that the problem? Welcome. You've got mail. No, no. I've got a microphone that works so that you can hear me, but if I plug it in, that doesn't work. So maybe I should read the directions. And uh, our Verizon internet connection, we had the Verizon guy out about a month ago. And ever since, where our G-Wiz new modem right in the kitchen uh, apparently <laughs> does not work very well. So I'm now hooked up to the one in the master bedroom, and hopefully this works and we don't have any schizzing out. Like, I'm schizzing out. You sound I'm ready sad. to blow. I'm ready to blow, I know, you, I know you are. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep you at, like, DEFCON 2. Don't cross me. I will not cross you. Dave, Penn State, Indiana. I doubt Saturday night's going to top last year's finish, but I just wanted to, let's just kick it off. I wanted to ask you about Michael Penix. Three big injuries in his his, uh, collegiate career. I mean, two ACLs and I think a shoulder uh, issue that cost him to miss uh, half a year as well. He's been he's run hot and cold this year, Dave. Not very good uh, in the opening uh, game against Iowa. Probably played better than the final score indicates in the Cincinnati loss. Looked good last week against Western Kentucky. But do you think he's the same guy? Yeah, I think he's the guy he always was. He's a talented guy with a big arm, and when he's allowed to play his game unfettered, would we say? He's a very good quarterback. He's uh, the the question is how much different is this defense, this Penn State defense, yeah. from last year's defense when he rang up thirty six points, but not a lot of them until the actually the fourth quarter. He didn't really get it going until the third middle of the third quarter, and I think this is a little better Penn State defense. Also, uh, he looked pretty damn good at Western K- Kentucky. Yes, they played at Western Kentucky. And they won a brawl down there in Bowling Green, Kentucky, 33 to 31, which uh, was in doubt to the very end. I said uh, a couple of days ago that uh, it, it reminded me of uh, like Williams Grove Speedway, this this field they had, they were at down there, 22,000 fans. 
It was like Perry County or something. Yeah. People like leaning yeah. over the railing and screaming crap. Dave, I think he just got all the Penn State, mid-state football fans really excited. <laughs> with that like really excited. <laughs> it was it was a scene, and God knows why Fred Glass signed up that game, uh, but he did. And you know, it probably can can help them a little bit because they won a game on the road with a really nasty crowd. I mean, this twenty two thousand might be as uh, nasty as the 102,000 or whatever it amounts to on, uh, on Saturday night. I think this is going to be a Donnybrook. I usually pick the over, or I mean the under on big 10 games uh, lately with Penn state. Not this time, man. I don't even know what the, I don't know what the number is. What is it? 58. I I looked on it this morning. The line has moved up to 12 and a half Penn state. And I believe the total is either 53 or 54. Oh, my God. That's got to be over. Let's tease it a little, Dave. Let's tease it a little. Well, okay. This is no big reveals now, man. This is this is this. This ain't something else. This is this. (laughs) Who is that? De Niro, right? Uh, So he's got guys to throw to. Peyton Hendershot, their tight end. Hendershot might be the best tight end in the whole damn league. And that's saying a lot. Very nice. Solid player. Big guy. Really, really good. Uh, Can stretch for balls. Heck of a pair of hands. And Fry Fogel was only the, the wide receiver of the year last year in the Big Ten. The problem with Penix is if you get in his face, he gets bothered. And mm-hmm. he's prone to mistakes. He's already thrown six picks this year. That's, that's a problem. Threw uh, two against Cincinnati and a big one when they, when they really were in the, on the verge of, uh, of making that. that was, it was a game the entire game. Uh, yeah, I know. Cincinnati won 38-24, but that's not an indicator of, of what a good yeah. game it was. Plus, Indiana is, is not a tremendously gifted defense, but, man, they fight you. They, they might not be any more gifted than, say, Minnesota, but they've got guys who will, will hang in there and hang in there. Micah McFadden in the middle is terrific, and they – they, they are not going to back down. So I think this is going to be a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will certainly pick the over and we won't ruin it from now. <laughs> but but I, I, what do you think of Penix? You're not, you're not as uh, optimistic about him. Well, as you know, this week, I, it, it had been a while since I actually uh, poured over and looked at some of last year's game. And I know every year is different, but uh, we've talked at length, probably ad nauseum for the Penn State fans about overtime and the 28 20 lead and the guy not getting down. But the thing that struck me the most about that game. And I, I kind of, once I looked at the numbers, it's just how thoroughly Penn state kind of controlled that game. Uh, you know, they had almost 500 yards of offense. Indiana had a little over 200 Penix threw for less than 200 yards. And that was with the, what he got going late in the game. Um, Stevie Scott didn't really hurt them that much. I know he had a touchdown run, but, Penn State did an awful lot right in that game, but they just didn't execute at the end. And I'm just wondering if, if you know, if the yardage totals are similar again on on Saturday night, how how much how different this game could really look. And and I do agree with you, Dave. I think especially in the secondary and at linebacker, I think that Penn State is a little bit better equipped, maybe to kind of handle the Indiana offense. It won't be easy against those skill players, but I think Michael Penix is really, I think, I think Penn state is prepared to make life very tough for Michael Penix. You know, I was saying Tuesday that maybe you sit back 
and and make him make mistakes first. But but the more I looked at tape this week, especially yeah. Cincinnati and Western Kentucky, I say throw everything at him and see what happens. Oh yeah, I and I know that they're going to try and heat him up. Forward five man pressures. Uh, Brent, we both know Brent Pry likes to come with those exotic blitzes, man. So I think that you know almost at every level of defense and offense, both teams have some players that can hurt you. Even Indiana's defense, that old Miss transfer, Ryder Anderson, is a good player uh, at defensive end, and they have a really good corner. Uh, the Mullen kid's a good corner, but the problem now, if you're going to try and defend Penn State's pass offense, is if you put Mullen on Dotson, it's not, there's no guarantee he's going to hold up for four quarters. And then they're just, and you know, you're such is going to try and kill you with the other guys, including the tight end. So I just don't know if I have the Mullen kid and I'm Tom Allen, what I'm going to do with him. Do I just play him? Do I play him to one side? Do I shadow Jahan Dotson? What do you do? Well, you got Jalen Williams on the other side and he's yeah. going to get picked on. The advantage is that they've got a couple of good linebackers who have been around in ball and McFadden. And if you go, if you you run the crossing stuff over the middle, which I I don't think they're going to do as much. I think they're really going to go after. I don't think Indiana can get home like Auburn was early, for instance, like Wisconsin was early. I might be wrong there, but I don't think Tom Allen is that kind of core. He is essentially the coordinator. He's the defensive mind of this, of this team. I don't think he's going to go after Clifford with exotic blitzes or anything. I think he's going to play straight up. That's the kind of guy he is. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but if, if that's the defensive uh, strategy, then I, I say Yursich is going to go deep and go often and see what happens because he's got the equipment to do it. He's got the weaponry. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, James Franklin will deny it if we asked him, but they look, they look so diverse, Dave, in the Auburn game, the 28, 20 game, they could have had some more points, a lot of different formations, three tight end sets, you know, really mixing it up. I think there's probably a good chance that good old Mike Yersitz didn't show at all uh, against Villanova. And I think you're going to see a little, some, some, even some more new wrinkles, for this game. I'm not sure what they are, but I have a funny feeling that Penn state will be doing some new stuff uh, at various stages of this game on offense. Yeah. And I think Brett Pry will too. This is a game that I think is there for the defense, the Penn state defense to win because Penix has had some, if if you saw the Iowa game, especially you saw a guy who was regressing back to his old bad habits. And it's not like he he hasn't had success. He has. I, I think he's 13, 14, and three as a starter. That ain't bad. Yeah. But uh, he's he, 14 and four. But he's lost to the two good teams they've played this year uh, rather conclusively. And when people put pressure on him, he's prone to throw picks. If he throws any picks in this game, especially more than one, that could be the dividing line because I don't think Sean Clifford's going to have as much pressure on him. Uh, and I, I think it's been shown that if you put, if you get up in Michael Penix's face, he's going to do rash and rush things. And that with that big arm, it's not like he is a finesse quarterback. He is, part of his problem is he doesn't sense pressure quite as well as a lot of quarterbacks with, with lesser, uh, they they had Peyton Ramsey for a while there when Pennington yes. got hurt. You know mm-hmm. what Peyton Ramsey did well was he sensed, 
Yeah, he finessed games. He managed games. And Penix has not been good at that. So they're going to test whether his management skills are, are, are sufficient. And we'll see. David, it sounds, it sounds a little bit trivial for me to say this, but I, I think that these two teams feature two of the best kickers in the Big Ten. Um, Jordan Stout uh, impacts the game in a couple different ways, but the Indiana place kicker is lethal if you give him a chance. Uh, I said it in a couple, I wrote it a couple stories. You don't want the game to be on the line and him lining up for a 45 yard field goal with a minute to go because the guy is good. Yeah, he's he really doesn't good. care, does he? Yeah, I was watching that. 19 was- for 20 in his career. Yeah. Yeah, he's real good. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cure Leaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. What I did want to say is for the last few minutes of our segment, what I wanted to do with you towards the end is rather... Rather than go through all of the Big Ten, I wanted to talk specifically with you about the Iowa-Maryland game Friday night. Because I yeah, just, man. That's, that's, that's a game that the Penn State fans are going to want to watch. That's a game that's going to shape a lot of the Big Ten season. And Penn State's going to play both these teams you know, fairly soon. And I think it's a pretty fascinating game. It's a fascinating game. And in the way that boxing guys always say that styles make fights. And yeah. what they really mean is contrasting styles make great fights. And this is that, if I've ever seen it in my life, you have two yeah. very, very different teams in the close to the vest, play in a phone booth, Iowa Hawkeyes, who are even yeah. probably less dynamic than normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Goodson not really getting uh, the ball in space. And there's no Marset or a guy like that on that Iowa team. They, they want to play you. They want to shorten the game, uh, play you in the trenches and yeah. beat you up. Uh, their defense yeah. is really good. Would you Let's, say their defense is the best in the Big Ten or what? Uh, it's a little early to say that. It's definitely in the running, but let's get to that a little bit later. Let's let's finish up with Penn State, Indiana, because I definitely want to talk to you uh, a little bit at length because I just think this game is really going to impact. These two teams are going to impact Penn State season significantly. So let's just, we'll just cordon off about three or four minutes to talk about this game. That's a Friday night game, Penn state fans. So you want to, if you have, if you have the time, you're going to want to watch this game, but yeah, Dave, Penn state, Indiana, are there any matchups that we could talk about that really interest you? You talked about the defense versus uh Penix. I really think the secondary Penn state secondary is going to go a long way towards deciding this game. I believe they can make some plays, but what matchup do you think, jumps out and is there is there a decided advantage for either side maybe in one particular matchup so the question is what they do with fry frogel i suppose that's joey porter on that side well i don't know if penn state's going to flip their corners if they move him around i think that one of the, one of those guys will probably be responsible but i don't think they've they've actually had a shadow corner i could be wrong but i think they feel so good about both those players that a lot of times they just play sides Okay, so sometimes we're going to have Castro Fields on him. Sometimes we're going to have Porter on him. Yeah. He's 
more of a possession underneath receiver who catches everything. Although he dropped three balls against Cincinnati, I believe it was, that were, that were very, very unlike him. He, he did not do that against Western Kentucky at another big game. He, he was the, the receiver of the year last year in the Big Ten. You know, I, I know that it, it seems like Indiana has tried to, you know, Penn State likes to use multiple backs. They're just using that USC transfer. But in every game, he's gotten like 20 carries, even, even when they've been behind. And I don't know if he really is that big of a threat. I could be wrong. Maybe he's getting better. He had 200-yard gains, but he didn't do much against Cincinnati uh, or Iowa. But I, I think that they like to try and stay balanced. Michael Penix really, would you say, is really, now that he's had the knee injuries, he's he's pretty much a stationary guy. Penn State's going to know. He moves around in the pocket, but I don't know how much he's going to run. Do you, would you agree with that? No, he's not, he's, not a run, he's not considered a mobile quarterback. He's not a running yeah. quarterback. He's more like Dwayne Haskins was. Yeah. He's, he's a, a pocket quarterback yeah. who likes to stay back there. They don't want him to run because he gets hurt so often. And he's kind of spindly. He has a Dwayne Haskins type of body. Um, so you're talking about Stephen Carr, the kid from USC. Yeah. And before you were talking about Stevie Scott last year. Yeah. This guy is not that. He is Stevie Scott was a big, strong Bigger guy, like two forty. Yeah. You could run between the tackles. Uh, Carr is not quite. He, he's capable. Uh, what is it? What is it? Horvath used to say. He was. What did, what did he say? going to come to me. What did he say about Larry Johnson? I know. What did he I know. say? Serviceable. <laughs> Huh? Serviceable. Serviceable. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, I ran for 2,000 yards in Nick's <laughs> Could never admit he was wrong, that guy, man. Correct. Yeah. All I could think of was workmanlike, but that's serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Cart, Cart is a, a good, decent back, but he's not going to be explosive. Steve, Stevie Scott, man, would go through you sometimes and then take off. He right. had, is he in the yeah. NFL? Where is he? I don't know. I don't, I don't believe he got drafted and I don't know if he's on a practice squad, you know, with the thing with those guys, those running backs in the NFL, if they're not, you know, top, top three round guys, they have to be able to play special teams. And I'm not talking about his returners to make the team. They pretty much, and I don't know if Stevie Scott at 240 pounds. Yeah. uh, Stevie Scott was, was kind of not explosive. Yeah. He reminded me of that Kentucky back that the, the Penn state played in the, uh, and he's now, is that guy is in the NFL, right? Yeah, he's like third team with the Steelers, I think. Yeah. So the, the, anyway, Carr is not that guy. Smaller, not as powerful, and I think this is going to be on Michael Penix, Matthews, Freifogel, uh, Hendershot uh, to win this game for them, and I think they're capable, but they're going to have to go. I I suspect that Penn State secondary is going to be aggressive. They're going to pressure, and if they give up a long one to Matthews, so be it. Uh, but they, they want to get in Penix's face. And I think that's the game. Yeah. And the two TDs that Villanova scored were in garbage time. So, I mean, Penn State's secondary. Now they have, they have not played great quarterbacks. We've talked about that, but that was the other thing. I, I think gonna... played very, they played very well this year. Very. I don't think a lot of big plays. They've been great in the red zone. So today for me, I, I do think the, uh, the, the the transfer for Ole Miss right is Ryder Anderson. Yeah, the D end. Uh, I think he's the guy. If I'm Penn State and I'm at offensive line, uh, I just don't want him getting any free shots at Sean Clifford because a he's big enough to hurt Sean and and he could also cause 
some turnovers. He's a really disruptive player. He, he played pretty well in the Iowa and the Cincinnati games. And he's the guy, I think out of all the guys on the Penn State team, he might be the guy, if I'm Penn State, I might be worried most about him because I think he's the kind of guy that can make a play, can really turn the game around. Yeah, and very frankly, I think it would be it would behoove Penn State if they get a little bit of a running game going, maybe run at him. He's the kind of guy you could run at, right? Yeah, he's, he's a little lanky. He's, he's yeah. built more like a tight end almost. Yeah, run at him. Uh, they they line him up on the left side as the offense looks at the defense. Is that right? I, I don't know if they flip-flop him, but I think that he is usually – I think he probably is always, yes, uh, trying to be the blindside guy. I think they probably move him around, but that was – it's interesting. He transferred from Ole Miss, and that, I think that was the team that beat Indiana in the bowl game, and I'm just wondering how all that came about. Maybe they flip-flop him and go after Caden Wallace no matter where. Uh, yeah. Of the two tackles, I think he's the one you're probably going to probably gonna line up against right now. So I guess he'll come from the other side. You want to pick a score now, and then we'll talk. We can get into the Iowa-Maryland game. What do you, what I do you think got? this is going to be a Donnie Brook. I'm going to pick the same score that Indiana's game was last week, 33-31, just for the hell of it, but Penn State winning. All right. Yeah, I'm going to I say I'm going to say 37, 27. And I think I think the line's 12 and it, it could actually be a little bit closer. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Indiana, they probably deserve a little bit of a better fate in that Cincinnati game. I think Micah McFadden missed a half because of targeting. And I also think they gave up a kick return for a touchdown that really took the wind out of their sails. And I, I just think that was a very, very tight game. And it, they were actually leading, I think, in the fourth quarter and got, got outscored. 15 to nothing. So I could see them. Absolutely. They, they do. They do play Penn state tough. They did it in 2019. Penn state couldn't really shake them. And obviously last year. So I think it'll be definitely in the fourth quarter. I think I, I could see Penn state having a score, maybe to put it away. What'd you think of that targeting? I thought that was pretty lame on McFadden. I didn't get to, I didn't get to see it, but I just remember I, I read this. I read one of the stories where Tom Allen just said, you know what? We, we kind of felt like we had him with Mike in the game. He had done yeah. the first half and they just said when he went, once he went out of the game, they were. In oh, trouble. it changed. It completely changed the game. I mean, Indiana was dominating the game. I know that's, that's hard said. to believe, but Cincinnati looked in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in the middle of the second quarter and everything changed. Wow. Uh, Cincinnati was looking like it was in big trouble. It was almost like the Michigan State uh, Nebraska game, where Nebraska seemed like they yeah. had the game in game in hand. I didn't want to bring that up. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's I, all I right. just kind of hey, lapsed into it. It's okay. I mean, if they're dumb enough to mess the game up on special teams, then that's on them. So now we can get into some other stuff. Iowa Maryland. Let's do it. My goodness. See, the the part I love is that it's at Maryland. That Iowa will kind of be outside their comfort zone. There's, if you had to name one team in the Big Ten that's much better at home than on the road, wouldn't they be the one? They would be the one. Yeah, by far. The funny thing is, Penn State always beats them out there. But yes, it is the uh, venue that they really thrive in, and they they don't need a lot of points to win games. But Dave, I I'm going to tell you right now, I think they have a huge edge at quarterback. Maryland does, and I think they're going to beat Iowa. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Spencer Petrus. Yes, uh, who got a good look really at him last year. Just a game manager, you know, in the in the in the Wisconsin mold, and really hasn't even been allowed to do much. I, I've seen some nice things out of him, but it's not like they put him out there and and 
Kirk Ferentz's uh, son is the offensive coordinator, and they've made a decision to – they lost the first two games last year and then ran the table. And the, right. the two games they lost, Petrus North, made a lot of mistakes. Northwestern uh, got him, and so did Purdue. Yeah, I think they made a decision that that wasn't going to happen again. <laughs> and so – they're just it's 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 less than game management. They are putting him in a box and saying, you, you know, you do this and, and nothing but this. Yeah. Uh, on the other that's hand, another, that, Dave, that's another reason why I'm rooting for Maryland, because they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. But we haven't seen what will happen when somebody punches them in the mouth. West Virginia is not the team to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, they, they really have played nobody. And this is the kind of. Maryland team where it's it reminds me of the team they had three years ago with the uh who was the coordinator who's now in the NFL who took them over he he basically had the team and they you know they beat Texas they almost beat Ohio State McFarland yeah yeah I mean it was was a crazy team uh but you never you couldn't get a you couldn't get any kind of Penn State beat him 66 to three read on him ever. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what kind of mistake, what what kind of sense does that make? I mean, that they lose 52 51 to Ohio state and then get beat 38 three at, at Penn state, you know, that was, that was one of the, it was the 66 to three. It's it's easy to get them all mixed up. All those Penn state. (laughs) Dave, I just think that the quarterback is, is what sold me on Maryland to to his little brother. He's looked very good. Yeah, they can uh, they can move the ball. They have the receivers to make plays, and I know they're gonna they're gonna the Iowa defense is is definitely gonna try and get after uh, to his little brother Talia. I think is his name. Yeah, um, they just call him they call him Leah for Talia. I just I think that uh, the stars are aligned, and I'm just I'm Dave. I just it's just painful for me to watch Iowa football, and I think. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm being a little bit too subjective and not objective, but I think well, that if, if Iowa gets behind in this game, I know they were able to beat Colorado State. I don't know that they're going to come back against Maryland. Yeah, we kind of saw a team like Maryland play them, and what happened? It was Indiana. Indiana has all this weaponry, and the snazzy quarterback, they punched him in the mouth, and Indiana backed up and kept backing up. That's that's we're going to know a lot in the first quarter. Uh, if they spring Teon Fleet Davis, Fleet Davis out of the backfield is a real weapon, something they haven't really had before. Um, he can t- he can catch circle routes for TDs, and that really augments all the other guys they have. They have they have probably I'll put this wide receiver group up against Ohio State's. I will, and that sounds crazy, but man. Dante Demas is about six eight <laughs> and one eighty five. I don't know what what is he really uh, six three. I, I, I was I just came, I just remember Jared last, just torched Penn State last. Yeah, yeah, well, look out for Dante Demas. He's been there. Um, my my nephew used to love throwing to him because he would go up and get it. He's actually six three two seventeen. He is an NFL receiver, and so is Rakeem Jarrett, who you're talking about, mm-hmm. who is shiftier and faster fast as hell he's the guy who hit they they hit two touchdown passes last year in the 35 19 game he just ran away from penn state second secondary they've got guys beyond that jay sean jones they've got a lot of really good pass catchers and man if you don't get to leah leah tunga uh look out because you 
your your secondary. I wonder if Iowa's secondary can keep up with these guys. I mean, if they get them the ball, it is it is over. I think Iowa has to come up the middle on them, come hard, bring five or six guys, and just start hitting Leotunga Valoa and hope that that works the way that Penn State will probably come after Penix. I think that's the game. And if they move to Leotunga Valoa, move him out of the pocket and just get their wideouts the ball, man, Iowa does not want to see that. Uh, they got weaponry all over the field, and it's going to be really, really interesting. I think if Maryland hangs in there and plays with nerve and some toughness, which we've never seen out of Maryland, really, uh, even when they played well against Penn State, they've crumbled later in the season. Uh, and it was Penn State teams that weren't terrifically tough on defense. If they can take a punch, then yeah. it's Maryland's game. That's that, that, that back to the boxing analogy, but I think that's really what it's about. They've got to prove they can take a punch, hang in there, and then keep firing the weapons. Keep firing the weapons, because if they get the ball to those wideouts against Iowa, it is bad news for the Hawkeyes. Dave, Maryland by double digits. You heard it here first, by double digits. I don't know what to make of that game. I, I, I hear you. Uh, now, have you looked at the line? Yeah, it's three and a half, Iowa. <laughs> so you're picking it outright. You're going to bet the yeah. money line on this. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just think they're the, they're the more. I, Iowa is really good at a couple of things, right? And, but the game has to go exactly their way. And if you make them come from behind in, in, on the road, I, I just think they're, they're, they can't do it with that quarterback. I, I'm only worried about that running back. And I'm worried about a couple of defensive uh, players in their front seven. But, man, like everything you said is right. The thing about Tolly is against Penn State, he's an athlete playing quarterback with a really quick release. He's not necessarily a guy that might kill you uh, on design runs, but he moves very well in the pocket. He could escape trouble, extend plays. He did it against Penn State. They have the receivers. If he extends a couple of plays, it's going to be six points. I think they're going to win by double digits. Yeah, I, I see the difference between Indiana and Maryland is Penix doesn't really sense pressure nearly as well as Talia Tungavaloa. He senses pressure. He moves back in there. And man, if he can extend plays, very, very bad news. The other thing I thought was interesting about the Vegas line is the total. Did you see the total? I just I don't didn't. understand that at all. They say that it's that they're saying that it, the betters are saying that it's Iowa's game to win or lose, and I don't, I don't, I don't see that at all. It's it it opened at forty six. <laughs> That's crazy, and it's it's forty seven and a half now. Well, uh, I think what the, I think what the odds makers are saying is if we believe that uh, the betting public and, and the line should be an Iowa favorite. The only way they're going to win the game is that they win a game where they control the tempo. Yeah. So they believe in Iowa. That's what they I'm do, saying. Well, I mean, if you're going to make them favored, I think, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of probably, yeah, it's up to, it's now up to 48, Dave. So they think this is, this is Marvin Hagler against Thomas Hearns and they think Iowa is Hagler. Am I right? Yeah, you could. I would say I would. I would go Hearns Leonard, but we could say Hagler. No, this is Hagler Hearns, and they think Iowa is Hagler, and it's going to be three rounds of thunder, and it's going to be over quick. That's what they're saying. They're saying Iowa's going to get the lead early, and then they're gonna they're gonna gum the game to death. And I win. can't believe you're not going to pick a score. I can't believe it. What's the I, point? I will. I what will. Is I the will. Point? I'll pick it. Okay, I'll pick it. I said it. I said what I said. I'll pick it. 
I'm going to go with Maryland 23. No, I got to I got to give them more points. I got to they got to have more points than that. Maryland 29, Iowa 24, okay? All right. I do believe this is a Maryland team that is ready to win this game. And if if we're right, think of the ramifications in the league. I mean, my god. Uh it, it means that that the East is a total Donnie Brook because these guys are going to have confidence. If they can beat mm-hmm. Iowa, anything's yep. possible in the East. If they can beat Iowa, they can beat Ohio State. I mean, that's that's really what they're saying. Love it. I love it. Uh, they they they're going to go into Columbus next. So that will be <laughs> an even crazier game next week because that who knows which way that's going to be. That's going to be bombs exploding all over the place. I love it. I love the analogies. I love the gutsy pick. I had a gutsier pick, but we'll just see when Iowa, when Iowa tramples them 27 to seven, we'll eat some crow next week, but that's what this blue white breakdown podcast <laughs> is all about. We could take a shot on the chin and bounce back next week when we're horribly wrong. And uh, I think we're about out of time, Dave. So any final thoughts here on the blue white breakdown podcast as we approach the 35. Yes. Mark? I want, I want to reiterate that I think Nebraska is ready to make a run. Oh, yes. And that's crazy because nobody's saying it, but they've got Northwestern at home this week and they have a gentle ramp up with Michigan at home next week, Mm -hmm. which I think is ready made for a a pretty nasty, almost black shirt, like Nebraska defense, Mm -hmm. Adrian Martinez playing pretty well. They've gotten some bad breaks. This is a team that just needs one break and they could take off. That's what I think. Even with the banjo boy from deliverance coaching them, I think they have the ability to, to make a real run here because I think they have pretty, a pretty good defensive coordinator, pretty good defense. So Dave, my, for that. my parting shot is that I believe that Brett Bylema and the Illini are not ready to go on a run. That's right. It's true. They had to win those two games and they almost, they had them both. Hey, you took your shot. You took they your shot. Both. No one else did. I didn't see anyone else doing it. my man. <laughs> I don't see you in there. Uh, All right, we got to run, guys. We will see you next week, hopefully talking about a very interesting Iowa-Penn State game. But who Maryland might ruin the party a little bit for the Hawkeyes. We'll see. This has been the Blue-White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.